I give you thanks for your word that brings a message of hope and faith. It untangles our complex lives. We give you thanks that your word brings clarity to our understanding and is able to unravel the mysteries of our existence. I give you thanks for extending to us, entrusting to us your word that is like a seed planted in each heart that will bring forth fruits that will glorify your name. So this morning even, we pray that you would bless your word and that you would send it forth, that it would find a place in our hearts, that we would keep and guard your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And that through your word, our understanding is enlightened and darkness is dispelled. Be glorified, O God, and bring us to the place that you desire and that we might live in a manner which is worthy of our existence as per your creation. We give you thanks, Lord, that we find ourselves in the church, the place where your word is preached and proclaimed and roams freely, O God. Father, without resistance this morning, we rebuke anything that would hinder your word, anything that distracts, anything that dispels, everything that comes to kill, to destroy, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you would remove from this place and that we might receive your word with the full blessing of your spirit and that it would have its perfect work in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. In the... Uh, our existence here upon the earth, it seems to be the more we increase in a manner, the more complex it grows and it becomes a clutter. Um, I was teaching my, uh, my boys early on in Little League, because I can't teach them no more. They've, they've already gotten past my abilities to teach, so now they're, they're in the hands of mentors and coaches that help them do what they do better. And the more we do anything, the more sophisticated we get. Say with me, sophisticated. Sophisticated, another word for stupid. Because we try to do things the way they don't go. And God wants to reduce us back, and our coaches will always tell us, and if you go to the NBA, if you play professional basketball, they will tell my children, why don't you shoot the way you were taught? Why don't you dribble and get back to the basics, go back to the fundamentals? And it seems like this curious awe, our face becomes an expression of, yeah, why didn't we do it the way it was supposed to be done? You see, the better the people get at basketball, the more they turn around and they try to shoot backwards. And you're like, why shoot backwards? You're supposed to shoot forwards. And this is the same thing that takes place in our walk in life. Instead of walking in simplicity, instead of going back to the basic and the fundamentals, we seem to get so extraordinary out of weight at bizarre levels. And this is no problem as a basketball player because you will only lose a game. You will only make fewer points. But if in spirituality you begin to get so complex, so sophisticated, so dumb that you think you need to add more than actually needs to be added, you're going to subtract greatly from God's purpose. So I find myself continuing going back to this simple attitude of having a heart willing to pray, willing to listen willing to receive what God wants for me instead of going into the deep. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul, as a good Hebrew teacher, every 
teacher of the word would tell you, get back to the basics. Because there's somebody called Satan that wants to complicate your life. The word complicate and sophistication are the same thing. God did not come desiring that you would be complicated or sophisticated. All the more you think that it's classy to be stupid. But it's not. God wants you to return to the most basic elements of existence and stay there and enjoy that realm. That is when you will be the most wise. That'll be the time where you will most prosper. That is the time that you will be most blessed. For Paul writes here to the Corinthians that we're a sophisticated mindset. He says, I am worried. I'm concerned in fear in a manner in which Satan somehow will find his way into your thoughts to want to complicate matters, deceiving you like Eve was deceived. By, by much craftiness, by trying to find what the Cubans have come up with a saying called la quinta pata de la gata, trying to find that Cats somehow have five legs instead of four. And you're striving to find out how to do it another way when it's already being established that cats have four legs and not five. He says, be careful that your minds will not be corrupted. When you walk in a mindset to start trying to find sophistication, oh, this pastor doesn't fill me. This church doesn't fill me. I don't understand my husband. I need more than just him. All these things are a matter of corrupting your mindset. You're going to find a real weird pastor. You're going to find a real weird church. You're going to find an extremely weird husband. All the while because your mind has been corrupted from that which is, Paul says, the simple and sincere devotion to Christ. Where is your spirituality? I've had women come in here one day and says, Pastor, you have to have this guest speaker. He's amazing. He's down at the hotel for this weekend only. I'm like, oh, really? I don't have anything to receive from a guy who's traveling from town to town in some hotel lobby that I do not know. And so uh, the, the, the lady says, well, I'll bring you back one of his books. And you'll see what a mighty man of God is. He's saying things I've never heard. Oh, really? That's really sophisticated. That's really awesome. So when she comes back with the book, and I start reading through the book of this mighty man of God, he says, you must get in contact with your spiritual unicorn. So that you might do mighty battles through the eagle of the essence of light. Oh, really? Where is that in the Bible? And so I tell the woman, God bless her, thank you for wanting to ruin our church. Thank you for wanting us to usher a wolf to speak to us these deep realms and things of God. You have departed from your simplicity and your purity of that just basic understanding of Christ. Paul says, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that somehow, just like Satan deceived Eve through his sophistication, through his craftiness, 
through trying to do things that are twisted. And man, you don't understand them because they're deep. They're deep and profound. That your mind might be corrupt from that which is simple. That which Christ taught us. He says in verse 2, the reason I tell you this is because I'm jealous for you. I have the God kind of process. I want you to go back to the simple. I want to go back to the simplicity, to the pure. I'm jealous for you like godly jealous, for I want to present you to Christ as a chaste virgin, as to be engaged to one husband. That was Paul's motivation. If I'm going to find you to be right at the Lord's coming, if you're going to be that which Christ is looking for, it's for a simple, sincere devotion to the Lord. I've heard so many things in Christendom that I'm amazed at the depth. The other day we were on the radio and talking about the simplicity of manhood and some lady called and she says, I'm amazed that you guys don't get into the uh, intergalactical theological warfare and battle and just tell my husband to love me. Tell my husband to, to be the man God has called him to be. Tell my wife to be the blessing that when I talk to her, she doesn't see 50 shades of demons in every color, to be a simple and sincere wife to a husband and to children. And we have to get back to the basics. It says here, you seem to be, verse 4, interested in grabbing anything complicated that comes by. For if anyone who preaches another Jesus whom we have not taught you, or if a different spirit, or if a different gospel, which you have not accepted, why do you run with it? Paul is saying, you, those of you that have itchy ears need to be careful, because you're going to want to go hear something other than God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whosoever might believe in him should have eternal life. And Paul says, I didn't come with fancy, deep theological teaching. I didn't come telling you all these things that he saw in the third heavens. I propose to know nothing. I, I love that verse of Paul. In verse 5, he says, listen, I know there's other guys out there. For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most super apostles. Paul is sitting there saying, I have an experience with Christ that supersedes just like those that walk with Christ. But I have Come back down to the fundamentals and the basic relationship of keeping a simple relationship with Christ. A simple relationship with Christ. I had a gentleman come a couple of days ago. He says, Pastor, what's the Bible think about rabbit's blood? And I said, Sir, I know about Jesus' blood. I know about the blood that cleanses sin. And I know about the fact that in the presence of God... There are no do's and don'ts. As you live to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, everything there is included. Can you do that instead of sweating the rabbit's blood? Instead of worrying about the deep issues of theological prominence which you don't even walk in? 
for those that are wise in this age. For, for those that, you know, I've read the Bible, I don't understand it, it, it contradicts itself. Oh, that's good. That's good. Colossians 3.22, as Paul is teaching those that will serve, and I guess we're servants of God, he says, obey your masters according in all things. Obey them in all things according to the flesh, not with eye service as men who sophisticate, men-pleasers, but with sincerity, with simplicity of heart. Walk in a manner that you fear God. You just want to do what, what God wants. Don't, don't get into trying to do it the way the devil wants. Oh, here he comes. Let's, no. Here he comes. No. Do it the way you're supposed to do it without him being there. We get, that's, that's, that's a, the deep realms of psychological mental illness. Who's in there? I don't know. Multiple personalities. People that are all over the place because they're, they're one thing in front of their dad. They're another thing in front of their mom. They're another thing in front of the pastor. They're another thing when they're at work. They're another thing when they're in some crazy lounge. I was just saying, ready for this? Psychopath. Psychopath. You're nuts. All because you refuse to come down to simplicity. To the simple, sincere reality. And, and as I was meditating on this word the Lord gave me, it was, it was along these lines. Pride. Pride makes you well up and puff up and be who you're not. You leave simplicity when you start walking in pride. And so humility is the only thing that allows us to walk in simplicity. Well, I need to get shoes I can't walk in so that I can, I can, listen, simple. Go back to the basics. Tell God to deliver you from that perceived sophistication that everyone now knows is stupidity. Because you're in the house of God. You're in the house of God and the spirit of God. He's jealous for you like you would not even believe. And though in our simplicity we think, well, they're going to think I'm, I'm stupid. No, they're going to see that God is all over you. That you're doing things out of sincerity. Proverbs 21.30, this was the verse that many of the rabbis would use in the Old Testament to tell you, hey, get back to the simple. Get back to the basics. Get back to the fundamentals. Reduce. Forget about everything you're into and go back to the beginning. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against simplicity. Against doing it God's way. There is no wisdom. There's no deep secrets. The people that are looking for deep secrets get into incredible, say with me, cults. They're looking for... They're looking for something weird. And guess what they're going to get? Something weird. Don't despise your simple husband. Don't despise your simple wife. Don't despise your simple children, your simple church, your simple home. Don't want to walk in sophistication. You're going to be sorry. There is no wisdom, understanding, or counsel that stands against the simplicity of our God. Those who have desired cleverness have come up with the most incredible, clever ideas. 
They've fallen into horrible pits of error and great evil. You are prepared for man's deepest thought. Ready for this? There is no God. That's a, that's a deep thought of a foolish man. For Psalm 14 verse 1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's, that's the best that these thoughtful philosophers and mindsets have come up with something called atheism. Hey, let's think real hard about our existence. Ready? Mm, there is no God. Everything just happened. It's a big explosion. We're going to call it evolution. Oh, that's great. That's deep thought, you sophisticated fool. Do you know what causes when you erase God from existence? Do you know what mindset you must have in order to create the godless reality called chaos? No order. No light, no understanding, no purpose, no prominence. That's atheism. Men at its best thought come up with a political ideology based on no God called communism. These are deep thinkers. And, and so Billy Graham says like this, God help us from those men who are deep thinkers. God help us from those men who have decided not to keep it simple. Not to walk in the simplicity of God's instruction. So there it is. We have atheism, evolution, communism. What does these men think about when, when their fears have overwhelmed them? We must create a weapon that will safeguard us from, let's invent the atom bomb. Oh, that's a great idea. That's sophisticated. Just wipe off creation. Wipe off existence. I'm just wondering if these are the reflection of men who have decided to get sophisticated to safeguard their future. Let's not trust God. Let's not trust our inheritance. Let's not walk in our mind. How, how deep? Could I say the word? I, I'm, I'm so challenged here because you guys know that I'm not well educated and trained in, in biblical mindset, but there's the word doo-doo. That's a good word. Could I use that word? How much doo-doo is going through our brains as we walk in our sophistication? Your best thoughts to safeguard your family, to care for your future, to walk in the protection of what is coming in the future. What is going through your mind? What is going through your mind if you do not accept the simple teachings and commandments of a faithful God? How complex can we get? Can we stress out to the point of insomnia? Can we, can we lose our sleep because we're so deep? Because we're, we're, that, that church is, is so shallow. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Because I remember little kids that are stupid, they run to the deep end, right? You remember? You know, the child, what, whatever got into a child to say, let me leave the kiddie pool to go throw myself in the deep end. What, what is that? They're all, they, there must be a magnet at the deep end. Because all the kids run to the deep end and they throw themselves in. Has anybody seen that? What happens? 
Thank God for mom and dad who grab them and say, hey, hey, keep it simple, stupid. You can stay in the kiddie pool because that's where you're safe. Stay in the realm of my provision for you. And, and I, I, every time, and you guys could imagine, you guys could imagine the depth that we delve in in many regards. The depth we delve in in many regards. So Paul says this in, I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not get sophisticated. I didn't come with some philosophical language of the trions and the trions and the electrons and the neutrons. And, and they intersect and they're in the galactic fear. And you are, he didn't, he didn't say that. I didn't come with all this manner of speaking. In all this manner of human wisdom, when I declared to you the message of God. Why, why do you go there? Hey, pastor, how come in our church people's heads don't go around five times and they throw up projectile? Because no demons come in here. No demons come in here and we're not producing a show. We don't need a show. We got God. We have his peace. We have his word. We have his truth. We enjoy the kingdom. We enjoy the kingdom, a kingdom of joy, a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of righteousness. You want to see something really weird, I'll get you some tickets to some really weird shows in town. But in the kingdom of God, there's the establishing of that which he says, I didn't come declaring some great, deep theological secrets. And, and Paul had some deepness to go into. Peter even says things that people even twist, they don't even understand Paul. But Paul says in verse 2, I came not knowing anything. I wasn't going to sit there and appease your wisdom and intellect. I determined not to know anything. Paul, what do you mean anything? If you're going to be our spiritual leader, you're going to be our guru, you're going to be our sage, you're going to be our master and teacher, you're going to instruct us in the deep ways of God. He says, I don't know anything, only that Christ died on the cross for your salvation. His, his, Paul had a lot to say, and he determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and the fact that he was crucified on the cross. Maybe if you tried that with a friend, maybe they would come to Christ. Oh, you don't understand our church. See, our church, it's based on uh, New Testament uh, dispensations of grace and ecclesiastically. And you're like, what did you just say? What, what was that all about? I don't need a new dispensation of ecclesiology. I need Christ. I need the love of God. I need God to come and cleanse my sins. Verse 3, he says like this. He says, I, I didn't want to know anything among you. In your presence, I became simple. That somebody interprets weakness. It was simple. It wasn't complex. When I was with you, I was in weakness. It even looked that I was concerned by the challenges you might make. I was trembling. I was sincere. This is how Paul stood before people. He says, if we get into some physio physiological of uh, some philosophy that is deep, we lose significance of what Christ has done. I don't know if you're not being able to share the message of the Lord Jesus Christ in its most basic form, 
you strip the gospel of its essence. You add to the gospel stupidity, sophistication, theology, all the things that are a hindrance and a stumbling block. If we read this verse, you'll understand it a little bit better. Found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. God did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, not with wisdom of words, because if I got too theological and too philosophical and I got too intellectual, I would have subtracted the significance of the cross of Christ. I would have lost the message. If you keep it simple that Christ died for our salvation, that we gather as a church to worship him, that we're learning the scriptures, that God is, is teaching us truth, that simplicity equates with the character of God. I always thank God that, that God was not a quantum physics professor and that he would teach me how to get saved based on mathematics because I would be one of those people going to hell. How many say amen? If he came with saying, oh, Joaquin, you got to know quantum physics, you need to know chemistry, you need to... i say, you know something? I belong in hell. I, I am not going to be able to cut it. And he didn't. He didn't come with that approach. He didn't make it difficult. In fact, 2 Corinthians 9.11 says that as we are being enriched in everything, we become more and more simple. While you are receiving everything from heaven, you're becoming more and more simple, generous. When you're simple, you're generous. When you start trying to lift up matters to make them more complicated, you're not part of heaven. And that does not result, like he says here, in us giving thanks to God. We would be all stressed out like if we had a final exam tomorrow. We're like, oh man, i got to do some crunching. When was the last time you felt you had to do crunching in the presence of God? Anybody? Jenny? No way. We are relaxed. We are enjoying our walk with God. It's simple. It's simple. We are refreshed in His presence. Why? Because He's simple. How is your marriage? Oh, complex, Pastor. Com complex, complex, complex. Listen, return to simplicity, you sophisticated servant. Return to the basic. You know, make it simple. What are you thinking? I'm not thinking anything. What are you thinking that you were not thinking? And you're driving people nuts. God, deliver us. Deliver us, oh God. Let us grow in wealth and in simplicity, which creates all people to give thanks. He didn't make it complicated. He didn't come with impressive words of God's secret mystery and plan. I don't want to go to the point that says that the gospel is made for idiots, but I'm going to have to confess that that's where I was when the gospel came. This is, this is salvation for dummies. This is, get it, God loves you. But how does God love me love me? He loves you. He's passionately mad about you. Yeah, but what's that mean? He says this message was so simple in 1 Corinthians 1.23 that as we preach Christ and Him crucified, as we did that, 
it became a stumbling block to the Jews. Oh, that, that's just too easy, too easy. Look at all the sacrifices. Look at all the, uh, the offerings. Look at all the ceremonies and, and the cleaning purification rites. Look, look at all these things. And these Christians think that one sacrifice, one time for all time is enough. And so the Jewish people, no, no, no. It's a stumbling block to us. It's not that easy. You've got to keep all the rules. You've got to keep all the laws. You've got you to work them into your life. And then for the Gentiles, it says it's foolishness. It can't be that easy. It, it has to be more. There cannot be. All the men who have decided that they would meditate on who God is and what God does, absent the Bible. The Bible says that, that the message of the gospel is foolishness to those who are lost. Because those who are lost are sophisticated, complex. They don't want the simple exchange. Hey, are you a sinner? Yes. Somebody died for sinners. Would you like to receive? Well, I don't understand that. Well, okay. You're a sinner. Somebody died for sinners. You want I don't understand that. You're a sinner. Somebody died for sinners to give them salvation. I don't understand that. Isn't that incredible? A stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles. I, I don't know because I could only describe what's going on here. In verse 13, he says, And we're setting these truths forth in words, not of human wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2.13. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. You're not in an intellectual seminary. You're in a spiritual mindset of needing salvation. And this salvation has come freely through Christ. And it's a life in Christ that leads to abundance of joy, peace, and all things. We didn't come to teach you intellect. But we're trying to teach that which the Holy Spirit wants to teach. Simplicity. Being able to concern ourselves knowing spiritual principles. 1 Thessalonians 2.3, he says, For our calling your attention was not something tricky. We weren't being sneaky. Nor we were trying to contaminate you. Our calling to you did not come from air or uncleanness, nor was it the craftiness of Satan trying to build a puzzle so you could figure it out, verse 4. It was another mindset. He says, but as we were allowed, as God permitted... As we have been approved by God to be entrusted with this message, even so we speak, not to make you think we're being sophisticated or you would be sophisticated, but God who tests our hearts. Verse 5. For neither at that time did we use flattery words. Hey, you didn't use deep theological words. I'm not convinced. We, we didn't use these deep spiritual words. Carl Sagan. How many know Carl Sagan? How many know that if Carl Sagan didn't repent, repent he's in hell? He's an astrologer, a chemist. He was a, a, a pot smoker. He liked smoking marijuana. He didn't want to know God. He didn't understand God. He was willing to humble himself and step down into the world of simplicity. Basic. I had a man come here some years ago. Hey, hey, pastor, why was it the people manifesting the spirit in your church? They weren't manifesting the spirit. I said, come here, let me ask you something. Do you know something called the fruits of the spirit? 
the evidence of the Spirit's existing, love, peace, gentleness, mercy, long-suffering. Where did you not see that? I see it. I see the fruits of the Spirit. What are you calling the fruits of the Spirit? And so he says, we didn't come at any time using flattery words, as you know. God is our witness. Nor did we seek the men, nor of men did we seek glory. Neither of you nor of others, when we might be burdensome as apostles. But we were like little children that are being nursed. We were like a baby that was having a good time on mom's breast. We were satisfied. We were given what we needed. I haven't seen any baby gladder than when mom is around and it's time to eat. How many say amen? That's the best time. And this is what Paul is saying. When, when we are yearning for what we need and it is provided, that's simple. So whenever somebody has walked up on me and says, hey, how come you guys don't do exorcism? I said, why? You got some spirits you want me to cast out? Because I'll cast them out. If you have demons that are, that are overpowering you from seeking the Lord, in Jesus' name, I'll cast them out. So that's not the issue. The issue is that we're looking for deeper, settled matters, and we're going to get much complicated. I love, really quickly, the example of Exodus 4, verse 2, when Moses is all stressed out. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Hey, mister, what's in your hand? Use it. Isn't, isn't that God's typical answer for us? Hey, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do you have to do with what you need to do? Then use that. Don't get complicated using what you don't have and worrying about things that are not occurring. As an attorney, people used to come to my law office and they say, I'm worried. I said, about what? I'm worried about 10 million things. I said, well, let's take one at a time. What are you most worried about? Let's deal with the present. Let's deal with what's going on now because there'll be 50 million things that could happen. A lady called last week and she says, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, why? Because anything could happen. I said, yeah. You know, an alligator could leave the Everglades and come and eat you in the middle of the night. An airplane might fall on your head in the next minute. Anything could happen. And she goes, I know what you're saying. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Why drive your cra yourself crazy? Moses, what's in your hand? Use what's in your hand. Lord, what am I going to do? What's, what's in your hand? What is that in your hand? Don't use that which is not in your hand. Exodus 14, 15, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Start moving and use what's in your hand. Verse 16, tell them to go forward. And that which is in your hand... Lift up and extend over the sea, and it will divide, and the children of Israel shall go on dry land. We're always looking for what we don't have. I love that passage in Judges 15, 16. Samson said, uh, I was being attacked by a thousand men, so I grabbed a donkey's jawbone. With the jawbone of a donkey, and I began to kill a thousand men don't use what you don't have use what you have keep it simple in first samuel 17 we know the story real quickly david is given the king's armor 
Here, sophistication. Here's the latest weapon. Here's the latest helmet. Here's the latest. Here's the latest. Here's the latest computer, Kenny. Now you're gonna listen. I can't walk with sophistication. My God is a simple God. Let me get five simple stones and let me change the world. Give me five sincere men that want to keep it simple and let's change the world. Men who want to walk with purity and honor in their hearts and in their thoughts and not hover, you know, space hovercraft, you know, flying through the universe. No. David says, I can't walk with this. 1 Samuel 17, 38, and Saul armed David with his armor, and he put his helmet of brass on his head. You imagine David. Okay, I'm going to fight like this. And also he armed him his coat. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not Prove them. I have not been able to train in them. And David took them off. Take off your sophistication. I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ. Take off your complexity. Your weirdness. Take off all those things that people expect from you. And tell them I am who I am by the grace of God. I don't have to perform. Pastor, you should preach like the guy down the street. I'm not the guy down the street. The guy says, you should tell some jokes. I don't joke around. I don't play with the things of God. I've never seen a joke be a good uh, ability to help anybody. Hey, I was just joking. <laughs> How does that help anybody? I take everything serious, especially the things of God. It's powerful from the Lord. It says in verse 40, And he took his staff in his hand and chose five simple stones. I'm sorry, smooth. And put them in a shepherd's bag. What was he? A shepherd. So he walked as a shepherd, which he had even in a script. And he sling with a sling with his hand. And he drew near the giant. Verse 45, then David said to this Philistine, you come with sophistication. I come with my God. You come with your technology. I come with my simplicity. You are crafty in you speaking what you don't mean. I'm coming with my heart in my hand telling you what I feel. I'm going to speak honest with you. I'm not going to sit there. Listen, the greatest men who have been most promoted are men and promoted are men who have sit down to speak what's in their heart. And all the crafty men, all the men that are always thinking what you're see, thinking so I can think what you don't think, so I can answer what you haven't asked me, that is foolishness. Total foolishness. And we get into that with God too. We start walking. Our whole life becomes an expression of sophistication. And God wants to bring us back to simplicity. I've come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies whom you are seriously offending this day. In verse 49, he says, And David put his hand into his bag, and he took, listen to me, he didn't take a grenade, he didn't take a, a boomerang, he took a stone. I don't know what a stone is for you, but that to me is as simple as it gets. And he slang it, 
And he smote the Philistine in his forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell to the face of the earth. Verse 50, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a single sling and with a single stone. He smote the Philistine and slew him. But there, say with me, there was no sophistication in the hand of David. There wasn't the latest and greatest provision. There was that which was what God had given, the simple stuff. I love that story. Isn't that a story of simplicity? Jesus, in the day of the great famine, tells his disciples, feed the people. And it was late at night, and it was a desert place, and the time had passed, and they urged him to send away the multitude. Matthew 14, 16 says, but Jesus said, they, they need not depart, you're going to give them food. And they said unto him, all we have is a simple dish. They were planning to enjoy that dish with Jesus and themselves. And now Jesus says, we're going to feed the multitude. And they're like, how? We're not that sophisticated. And Jesus says, keep it simple. We're going to bless it. God will increase it. And there will be, there will be extra. There will be a extra coming in our simplicity. God will add to us each day what we need. I want you to stand this morning and ask God if you can bring back your spiritual walk and your high and lifted and lofty thoughts to the simplicity there is in Christ. A, a God who came using parables, a God who was able to embrace the lost and heal the sick and proclaim the good news of his father. He didn't get into a brouhaha. Simon the magician wanted him to give him the great deeps and mysteries of God. And he says, brother, what you have is bitterness. You will not want to walk in performance because you lack great stuff in your heart. You're not going to be able to do the work in sophistication. We've seen this time and time again that God hides himself from the sophisticatedly wise of this world. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says when the whole world wanted to go out and find out who God was with their telescopes and with all their technology, they became more foolish since the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not come to know God. You're not going to come to know God through your intellectual complexity, philosophical life. You're going to come to know God if you would humble yourselves and re receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you walked in obedience to get water baptized. If you gathered amongst the people of God to love and serve one another. If you trust the Lord with his instruction, he says, it pleased God that through this foolish message of the simplicity of the message preached to those who believed. How do these people scale the heights of God's purpose in simplicity? How is it that they, how did this, how is this church born? How, how are we here this morning? You know why? Because I took God for his word. I listened, I said, Lord, speak. And he says, let's go change the world. And I said, amen. I didn't say I don't have rockets and tanks. I don't have missiles and senators. I don't have political thought and reason. No, simplicity. Lord, return us to simplicity that we might see your face. As we sing this song, and I apologize, me being passionate this morning, but more than anything, God wants you to return to simplicity. Get away from what the world considers sophistication. 
forget it, you girls that are reading all those magazines trying to get a romantic, sophisticated life. You're a bunch of silly girls. Get back to the simplicity of honoring your husband. Respect him. Be able to bring to your marriage the service that God intended you to have from the beginning. Husbands, quit trying to dazzle your women. Quit trying to find the latest and greatest romance scheme. Be simple and share your most intimate thoughts with your wife. That makes you romantic. That makes you a man after God's own heart. Father, we praise your name this morning for this word. We needed this word, Lord. Bring us back to the fundamentals of our walk in you. Bring us back to the place that we honor you. That we go back to the first works and return to our first love when it was so simple. And our Christianity has become so complex, so politically driven. What did they say that we said, that they said, that they thought we said, that they did? And so the devil is able to strip us from a simple and sincere devotion to Christ. Father, your spirit fall upon us afresh. Let your presence lead us in this direction. Let your word, Father God, be a balm, a medicine that comes to soothe our swelled head and puffed up minds. We repent from that proposed and perceived sophistication of being who we're not. We repent this morning, oh God, I'm getting so complex, wanting to bring up issues when there are no issues. Love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. We want to embrace that, Lord, and be found blameless in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. If you've heard this message and this message is for you, I would like to pray for you. Can you raise your hand real quick? Raise your hand and say, Lord, he says that you must be like a child to receive the inheritance of the kingdom. Father, look at the hands of those raised. They want your face, oh God. As a nursing child, they want to be satisfied. The overflow and outflow and even flow of your provisions, oh God. Quiet our souls. Not much adornment, not much sophistication, not much complexity. Drive out the philosophy of the fool from our hearts. That we might love our children and be real and genuine before them. That we might love our wives. That we might honor and love our husbands. That our families might be solid. Not because we're proposing to be sophisticated evangelicals. But because we are bowed in our presence and humility to receive your grace. There are not many mighty and many noble among us, O oh God. We see you have kept it simple. And now we have the challenge to return to the fundamentals and the basics, Lord. To do the simple things and to enjoy that which you've provided. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God say amen. Amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.